thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome. We are so glad to have you with us today yes. for Jesus the Healer. Thank you for yes. taking the time. And I tell you what, you won't regret it. That's right. Because yes. never can you sow time toward the Word and not benefit yes. from what the Word brings to your life. And not only as you sit and watch the broadcast today, but we say this, uh, join in. Yes. Release your faith. Join your faith to the word that you hear taught today. Not only that, get your Bible and get a notepad and a, some pen or pencil or some device. Whatever you use, get it. And take notes. Become a student with us. And so we're glad to have you with us. We've been taking uh, the past several episodes and we're teaching on the healing miracles that happened under Jesus's earthly ministry. Because if we'll learn what they did, do what they did, we'll get what they got. Amen. And so uh, as we study today, uh, we recognize that there's a reason the Holy Spirit rec had recorded these accounts of healing for us because they're going to give us the instruction, the knowledge that we need to receive healing, That's right. but not only that, to minister healing. Yes. And I want you to know, healing is a flow of the love of God. Oh, yes. I said, it is a it flow is. of the love of God. I was um, just uh, just recently, I, there was somebody walking down the uh, the sidewalk and I was prompted in my spirit. I saw, you know, a, a, a lady, a, an older woman on a cane and she was struggling a little bit to walk. And so I was just prompted in my heart to just go pray for her. So I pulled over the car to the side. I got out and I kind of introduced myself and just said, you know, I saw you walking and I was just prompted in my heart to pray for you. Can I do that? She's, oh yes. She, she, and she was so thrilled, you know, to do that. But listen, what, what I prayed, when I prayed for her healing, I said, Father, I said, I thank you for your power that's for her. Yes. And then I, I said this to her. I said, I thank you for healing her. It shows her your love for her. Oh. And when I said that, she goes, oh. you could hear her audibly take it in. It wasn't when I said healing. It was when I said love, oh. that God loved her. It was a testimony of his love toward her. And I tell you what, healing is a, is a love flow. Oh. Yes. of yes. God. Yes. Amen. Because yes. love sent Jesus to purchase right. our healing. And so we, we, we want to receive not only of healing, but of the love flow yeah. because that, that love flow is full of healing. Yeah. 
Amen. And so when we study these accounts of what happened under Jesus' earthly ministry, then we can see what we need to do mm -hmm. to cooperate yes. with healing power. Yes. Listen, God longs to heal. We don't have to coerce him into healing. It's not about, it's not about eking it out of uh -huh. his hand. Like, it's not like prying his hand open, please yeah. release yeah. healing yeah. power. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's looking for a place to manifest himself. And so when we have knowledge of how to cooperate with him, then uh, we can receive what he so longs for us to have flowing and manifested in our life. So I want to look, and really I'm going a little off script today in the sense of I had planned uh, a certain order of teaching, but last night before we, we started filming for today, I just kept having this certain phrase come up to me. So I thought we'll redirect it and we'll stick, we'll stick with that phrase because evidently it's a special help for those watching. So John chapter five and verse one, and if you'll bear with me, I'm going to read the whole passage because before we teach it, I want us to to read the whole account. And uh, so find your Bible and go with us to John chapter five, verse one. It reads this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of sick, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Yeah. Yeah. Verse five, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie, now see Jesus went to this, this pool uh, where that was by the sheep market. It wasn't a place where they sold sheep necessarily. It was where the sheep were held that were going to be offered in the, in the temple. Oh, yeah. How, how uh, symbolic that Jesus went to see that area yeah. because he became the sheep offered for us, the lamb of God offered for us. Yes. And so it's significant that he went to this location because that's where those sheep that were going to be offered in the temple were, were kept. And at verse six, it says, when Jesus saw this man lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case, he said to him, wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man that when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it is a Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. And he answered them, said he that made me whole, I like that phrase. He that made me whole. He that made me whole the same said to me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? And he said, and he that was healed wist not who it was. He didn't know who Jesus was. He had never heard Jesus preach. He didn't know anything about Jesus. He didn't know who he was. And it says, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Now verse, there's so much that could be taught out of this. 
but I want to focus on verse 14. It says, afterward, Jesus finds the man in the temple. Now, how important it is where you go after you receive healing, where, you're, where you go, what you call important. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple. Now, here's some more instruction. And he said to him, behold, thou art made whole. So it's a completed work. Yes. He's completely received it, but look at the next phrase, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. Mm -hmm. So notice this, when we receive something from God, it's not automatic that we'll hold on to it. Uh -huh. We have to, what we did to receive, many times we have to do to hold fast. Right. This man was healed by a gift of the Spirit. His faith was not involved. Mm -hmm. But Jesus was saying, uh, you still have a work to do to keep this, this healing from being stolen from you, and that is tend to your lifestyle. Right. Yeah. Pay attention yeah. to your lifestyle. Yeah. Right. You cannot persist in a lifestyle of sin uh -huh. and think you're going to live whole. That's yeah. right. That's so now, this man, Jesus was telling him how not to lose it. See, many times people get the, this idea, well, if I'm healed, I'll, I'll always be healed. Well, healing is yours and it always belongs to you. But we have a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the enemy will use any opportunity he can to steal from you everything God's blessed you with. So just because we've received something, it's not automatic that if we step away from the flow that brought us healing... If we step out of that flow of life, that we um, we put ourselves at risk, yeah. because the enemy's looking for an opportunity yeah. to steal from you everything God's blessed you with, but it doesn't have to be stolen. Jesus told us how to keep from being robbed from. He said, "Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing, a worse thing. It won't even be as bad as it was. It'll be worse." Uh, so I, I want you to see something here. As, as Christians, we are forgiven. We're cleansed. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. But um, we miss it at times. Mm -hmm. If we miss it, we have an advocate oh, <laughs> with the Father. Yes, and we can go acknowledge that we missed it, repent, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us. And we don't become sinners again just because we miss it. Yes. Right. Amen. Yes. We're still saved. Yes. But we do need to acknowledge and lay that sin under the blood yes, of Jesus, confess it. Mm -hmm. But what I want you to see here that Jesus was referring to, he wasn't saying to the man, if you just sin, that's it, you're going to lose your healing. Uh -huh. That's not what he was saying. He was talking about don't go into a lifestyle of sin. Right. Do not persist right. in a lifestyle of sin. Yeah. So I, I don't want people to become frightened that, oh, if I miss God, I'm, go I'm going to lose my healing. No, no, no. He's talking about tend to your lifestyle. Yes. Mm -hmm. right. Now, if you do miss God, every time we miss God, we should immediately stop and say, Father, re I, I repent of that. Yeah. Yeah. Forgive yeah. me for that. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I shouldn't have acted that way. Because by doing that, we give no space to the enemy oh, to yes. gain an entrance. Yeah. 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 The quicker we repent, the quicker the door is closed to the enemy. See, sin opens the door to the enemy. Sin puts us on the devil's territory. And when we get on the devil's territory, then he can rob from us. But if we, if we repent of that, we quickly get off the devil's territory. We close the door to him. So when I'm talking about what Jesus referred to, go and sin no more. Don't go into a lifestyle of sin. 
He's saying you can't hold on to the blessings of God unless you pay attention to your lifestyle as well. See, it's not just, God doesn't just want our bodies healed. He wants our life blessed. He wants every facet of our life whole and, and, and enjoyable. And so we have to realize that it does matter our lifestyle. When we're believing God for healing and once we've received the healing that we've been believing for, it matters how we live. It matters. And let's go to 1 John 1, 9. I want you to see specifically for yourself. Um, because when people are untaught, they think that every time they sin, they have to go get saved again. No, you don't. You do not. Because <laughs> I, I know people who said every Sunday they went down to the altar and got born again again. <laughs> Well, when we miss it, we have an advocate with the Father. Amen. We have directions here of what to do. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, Mm -hmm. if we confess our sins. Now notice, he's talking about you calling out that sin as sin. Yes. Yes. Now see, this is where people get, get, uh, if I could say, tripped up by a lifestyle of sin is many times they won't won't treat their wrong as sin. Uh That's right. They'll say, well, I just missed it. It's a sin. (laughs) You know, you know, you can trip over something on the floor and that's not a sin, but it's a miss. Don't call a sin a miss. Mm -hmm. Yes, it does. It does miss, but it's, it's, it's more than that. It's a sin. A sin has to be dealt with differently than just tripping over the floor and missing your step. You know, so with sins, we confess it. Now we know that he's not talking here to the sinner because the sinner could never confess all of his sins. He couldn't remember them all. (laughs) This is talking to the believer. Mm-hmm. Yes. John was writing to Christians. He said, if we confess our sins. Now notice the, this conditional thing, if. Yeah. If we right. confess it. Not if God wrenches it out of us. Not if God right. forces us to confess. No, if we choose to confess our sin, what will happen? God, God's faithfulness will meet us. Oh, he is yes. faithful. Yes. And He is just. He is. To forgive us. What's that mean? He's ready to forgive when we confess. He's ready. Amen. Amen. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, this word righteousness means right with God. When we sin, we're not right with God now. Yes. Some, that sin gets in between us and, and our fellowship with Him. Yes. Amen. It starts coloring Mm -hmm. and clogging up the flow of our pipeline of faith. And uh, so we don't want to just leave things unconfessed and build up because faith is a pipeline. Mm -hmm. And the power of God flows through that pipeline of faith to reach your need. And if we've clogged that pipeline up with unconfessed sin, Uh uh, offense, Uh worry, Mm -hmm. bitterness, all these things, yeah. what happens, it collects as debris in the pipeline uh-huh. of faith and, uh, and the power of God is hindered. Right. Yes. God doesn't withhold power. Uh-huh. He never does. But things we might let get in the way can block power. Yeah. That's right. And so he's telling us if we confess that, mm-hmm. God is faithful. He is yeah. just to forgive yeah. us and cleanse us. Now listen, what we have to do is believe this. Right. Yes. Believe it. That once we confess it, we're forgiven. And uh, in that, that means we forgive ourselves because he forgave us. Did you know it's doubt and unbelief to not forgive yourself? Because you're doubting that you're forgiven and cleansed. 
So we have to practice forgiving ourselves once we've confessed it. Amen. And notice this. He says he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So that means we're right with God now. Amen. There's nothing in between him and us. When we confess it, the blood of Jesus doesn't just cover it. It annihilates that and gets rid of it. So now that we're cleansed, we can freely receive. And the enemy would like to, if I could say this, uh, um, he'll accuse you that since you missed it, you have to suffer for a season with a measure of defeat because you missed it. That's not what this verse says. Once we confess it, we are immediately forgiven. We are immediately cleansed. We are immediately made righteous. So the moment you can, the moment you confess sin, you, you receive that forgiveness and you can receive healing in the same moment. You can receive deliverance and help in that exact same moment. You don't have to to linger with a season of difficulty yes. and a season of, of pain and yeah. symptoms just to prove you're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. prove you're yeah. sorry. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. You know what proves we have faith when we take him at his word? Yes. Father, I thank you for forgiving me. Now, this doesn't mean being flippant when we miss it. This, does, this is not a license to be flippant about sin because sin costs heaven everything. We're not flippant about the price Jesus paid for us, but we honor it by believing it and receiving it and acting on the word. And that means we act as though I'm right with God now. Amen. We don't live with a cloud of regret, a cloud of shame, a cloud of, of depression over our life. It's not, it's not, it's not appropriate once we realize we're forgiven. Amen. So uh, once we're forgiven, we're now righteous again. So we can freely receive. I said we can freely receive. That means this, uh, when, we're, when, when there's no sense of unrighteousness and we recognize. Now listen, Jesus made us righteous. We didn't earn it. We didn't do enough right things to be made right with God. We're not righteous because we've done everything right. We're righteous because Jesus did everything right. And it's his righteousness that we are made righteous with. We're righteous because he shared and made us righteous with his righteousness. He was right with God and he brought us in to God's presence on his terms. Because he's right. Amen. So now we are free to live righteous. We're free to live like we're right. You know, when you, when you know you're right with God and your conscience is clear, what's your conscience? It's the voice of your spirit. And when your conscience is clear, you're bold with God. Amen. You don't go in God, into God with a sin consciousness. So many times people to receive their healing, they're going to have to settle it that once I'm forgiven, I'm righteous. Because not, not believing that or holding to that will hinder people from receiving the healing that belongs to them. Now, Jesus made us righteous. And because we're right, now we can bear fruit in line with that righteousness. That means uh, 
the way we live shows we're right with God and we can come into God's presence and lay hold of what we need. Remember what it says in Hebrews 4, 16, come boldly to the throne yes. of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Well, how can we come boldly? Because we're right with him. And we can go to his presence and lay hold of answers, not just for our lives, but for the lives of others. That's called bearing fruits of righteousness. Because we're right with him, we have fruit in our life to show it. Amen. Now, this is the statement that I wanted to bring to you today. And I don't know how far we'll go in getting to teach on it today. But um, I was listening to a, um, a teaching that Brother Hagen did years ago in Rama Bible Training Center. And I saw, I, I, I saw this online, I watched it, and he made this statement. <clears throat> he made so many statements in that one sermon, and I was writing as fast as I could. And I didn't get everything because I thought, I'll just go back and push the repeat button and replay it. When I went to, when I went to watch it again, the thing disappeared. And I go, ah! <laughs> and I was thankful I'd written down as much as I did. But in this, he made this statement that was such a help. He said, if you will get your spirit where it ought to be, your body will start responding. Now listen to that. If you will get your spirit where it ought to be, your body will start responding. Now, many times when Christians have need of healing, sometimes they just start addressing the body with the word. Sometimes something of the spirit man needs to be addressed. And once that which might need to be addressed spiritually is addressed, then the body will fall in line. And you won't have to, if I could say, do all these, start throwing a bunch of confessions at the need. If the need is something that should be adjusted in inwardly uh-huh. in your spirit, if you'll do that, then that which got out of place in your body will get back in place. Isn't that wonderful? Because I want you to see this. Healing that comes from God is not physical, it's spiritual. When we need healing, God doesn't send healing to the body. He sends it to the spirit. And it flows out of the spirit into the body because God is a spirit being and he deals with us as spirit beings. He deals with us spirit to spirit. He's not dealing with us, his spirit to our body. He's dealing with us spirit to spirit. What we need for our body has to reach our spirit first. So many times people are trying to get healing for their body when we need to make sure, wait a minute, is there anything in, in my spirit, in my heart that needs to be adjusted? Because sometimes that lack of adjustment is in the way of the healing power that flows from our spirits into our body from it flowing as it should. You go, what do you mean, Pastor Nancy, when you say get your spirit in order? Because listen, when you're born again, you're right with God. But remember how Paul would say, he said, my conscience is clear before all men, before all God, and before God and men. Basically, he was saying, there's nothing inwardly that I know that I've overstepped. Uh, um, Every single one of us, 
becoming a child of God gives you this wonderful privilege of being corrected by God. Yes. Because whom the Lord loves, he corrects. What an honor that someone who loves us so much is correcting us and he doesn't leave it to the devil to correct us. (laughs) God doesn't use the devil to correct us. Now we might learn some things to correct when the devil attacks, but that's not God's using the devil to correct us so we'll learn something. God's way of correcting us is with his word. And so... uh, God is always dealing with us about something. Mm -hmm. Every single one of us, not because we're missing it, but because he has more for us. He's always endeavoring to bring us into the fullness of the stature of Christ. So he's always dealing with us. And you don't ever want him to be done dealing with you because none of us have have reached it all. (laughs) None of us have laid hold of everything that he's made ours. And so he will always in his faithfulness to us and in his love to us and in his mercy to us, he will always help show us what to adjust, what to correct, what to change, what to add, what to remove. And that's a flow of his love. Amen. And uh, that should keep us, we should want to be teachable. I want to know. Listen, it's not what we're doing right that met, that trips us up. It's what we're doing wrong that trips us up. So if he can show us and will show us where we're tripping up, what an honor and a favor he's doing, how kind he's being to us to show us that. Why? Well, he doesn't want us to keep tripping up. So God does not correct us so that we can turn in upon ourselves and become sin conscious become failure conscious. He, he shows us these things so that we can come into the, the more that he has for us. Amen. He, he lifts us. Correction lifts us. Uh, condemnation puts its finger on you and pushes, pushes you down and shows you there's no hope. You'll always have this problem. You'll always be like this. But the conviction that comes from our spirit as we feed on the word, uh, that lifts us. Ah, it doesn't just show us where we missed it. It shows us what to do to come into making it right. Amen. What do we do to correct things? So God is always dealing with us about something in our spirit. So to have our spirits in order. Now, remember what I said in quoting Dad Hagen, if you will get your spirit in order, get it where it ought to be, your body will start responding. Uh, one of the best things I could say to you in, in, in coupling it with that statement is always address what God is dealing with you about. If you do that, then you're going to keep your spirit where it ought to be. But if you kick against that, what is God dealing with you about and you won't address it? Then what will happen because of disobedience we open the door to the devil. We get on the devil's territory and things start showing up in a wrong way in our bodies, in our finances, in our marriages. And sometimes it goes back to, wait a minute, what has God been dealing with me about? And so many times when people are overstepping what God's dealing with them about and maybe they start having physical problems. And I'm not saying this is true in every case, but in some cases, <clears throat> sometimes people will just say, well, I need healing. They'll start throwing healing scriptures at it. But healing scriptures won't override what needs to be corrected inwardly. Yes. Yes. 
If the cause is or the problem is, is that we're not addressing what God's dealing with us about, then we've got to address that. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. My goodness, we've just got started. We just scratched the surface of this. You want to come back and watch us next time because we have so much more to say, but we're teaching out of our book, The Healer Divine, and we want you to get hold of your copy. Go to DufresneMinistries.org. Let us know you need that, and we'll get that right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In this classic book by Nancy Dufresne, we are presented with a study of the healings of Jesus. Your own faith will be stirred to believe and act as the healed God has made you to be. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Please join us for our annual Holy Ghost meetings in Marietta, California, January 6th through the 11th, 2023 with Nancy Dufresne. We are also excited to welcome Kenneth Copeland and Richard Roberts as our special guests. For more information, please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.